Hey everyone, welcome into another edition of Future Brew right here on maizeandbrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon, joined today by Stephen Ostentoski and John Simmons. Boys, how we doing? Brady won another Super Bowl. Are, are you guys shocked by that at all? Yeah, you've seen the shocked Pikachu meme. That's me. Uh, like he'll be <laughs> he'll be 55 he'll be 55 and winning his 12th or 30th by that point i don't know <laughs> so no i'm i'm not shocked at all yeah Dude just wins yeah there should be nothing can really surprise me by his career at this point yeah yeah that's kind of how i am too um i mean at this point i mean you got seven seven trophies and five super bowl mvps uh, I, I don't think there's much uh, goat debate anymore. If anything, the, the debate is uh, he's probably the the goat of goats of you know Jordan, Tiger Woods, Michael Phelps. He's he's the greatest of all the greats. So congratulations! I think he's second. I think he's second. Not not to belabor this point. I think oh, it's man. Serena Williams, Tom Brady, oh. and Michael Phelps. I think that's my top three. Fair enough. Hey, who would no, be in connections though? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Two with two with Michigan. We 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 should give a uh, Serena Williams like an honorary degree or something. Just make it three for three. <laughs> I'm in. Let's uh, let's let's hit up the university and make it happen. I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people would be would be down for that as I would as well. But uh, let's boys, let's get to uh, football recruiting here because there's been quite a bit of traction over the last week since we last talked and. Let's just start with the 2021 class, putting a bow on top of that. And Michigan closed out in a very strong way. And it's a way that I don't think a lot of people would have really anticipated a few weeks ago when there was a lot of uncertainty with George Rooks, four-star defensive lineman. There was a lot of uncertainty with Rayshon Benny, another four-star defensive lineman who was committed to Michigan State at the time. And they just got their toes wet with – sending an offer to Ike Awana, a three-star defensive lineman from Texas. And somehow they got all three of those guys to sign their letters of intent to play for Michigan. It's all signed, sealed, delivered. And at the end of the day, Michigan now has the 10th overall class on the 24-7 sports composite because of those three additions. So Rooks being, like I said, the four-star D lineman from Jersey City, New Jersey, uh, 6'4", 260. Uh, right outside the top 200, but a very good player nonetheless. A bit of a tweener, but I think he's a talented guy nonetheless, so we'll see if he ends up being an end in this suspected 3-4 defense that is coming under Mike McDonald, or maybe he can bulk up and slide on the inside. We'll see. Rayshon Benny from Oak Park, Michigan, in-state kid, very talented, 6'5", 275. Like I said, he flipped from Michigan State in an unprecedented manner. It sounded like it's funny because there is a story on the Detroit news just a few days prior to signing day about how Benny was so excited to sign with Michigan state. And and that's just how recruiting goes. Sometimes is you, you got kids on the fence throughout the entire thing. And then you end up committing to a school that you hadn't really uh, had on your radar for a little while. Obviously they were still recruiting Benny, but uh, had been committed to Michigan state for, a couple months there. So I ended up flipping on signing day. And then Ike Awana, three-star D lineman. He's 6'4", 275 on 24-7, but it looks like he's a little bit bigger on tape 
might be around 280, 285. So he's probably the inside guy. He flipped from Colorado. Uh, so a very big national signing day in February for the Wolverines, which these days with the early signing period happened in December, you don't get very many big opportunities like this in the February signing period. So Michigan sealed the deal with their three defensive line recruiting targets there, and they finished in a big way here. So John, I just want to start with you. Want to get your thoughts on the way that Michigan ended the 2021 cycle here. Yeah. It's kind of funny. We were here last week, you and me, Vaughn talking about Rayshon Benny and how we thought it was so weird that he was, he didn't sign in the, the first period after, uh, not committing and uh, but it still looked like he was going to sign with Michigan State and then you know pretty soon after that <clears throat> the rumbling started that he actually was going to uh, flip to Michigan but it was you know we were we were often thinking that he was going to go to Michigan State but our reasoning ended up being right that it, you know guys that don't sign after being committed for a while in the first signing period do uh, usually end up going somewhere else. And Benny uh, kept that trend going to Michigan's benefit. Uh, I think he'll be a great addition to the class. He knocks out Michigan's second or Michigan State's second highest recruit in the class, which is always nice to see too. Um, but I think I'm even more excited for Ikawana after, you know, writing up his scouting report. I think he just does things, you know, as a prototypical guy for the middle. He just takes up so much attention and uh, is really good at, you know, taking blockers where he wants them to go to clear up lanes for his uh, linebackers. So I think Michigan really stepped up their game on the defensive line and has a lot of good pieces now that they can uh, use for the future. Yeah, they've they've really made that a priority and they'll continue to make that a priority heading into the 2022 class. Uh, Obviously, they've already got a couple guys at D tackle committed in 22, but they'll definitely look to add on to that with a few more guys. Um, But uh, Steven, just wanted to get your quick thoughts on how Michigan ended this cycle. And with kind of what I just said with them getting three defensive linemen, are your concerns a bit eased now that they were able to get all three of these guys on board? I would say that they're like at least eased for the future. I don't think for the next year or two, um, it, it's going to be necessarily uh, assuaged, if that's the right word. Um, I think there still needs to be help through the transfer portal for at least 2021 and probably for 2022. So I like what Michigan is doing for the future. I think both Benny and Rooks fit a three, four system. And if Mike McDonald and uh, the new crew want to instill kind of a multiple look where they, uh, they go with either a four, three or three, four, I think both of those guys in the next couple of years, or, uh, you know, probably 2022, when you would start to see those guys, I think they fit either a three, four defensive end or a three tech and a four, three. I think they, uh, they, they, make that position really well. And then if it is the goal to go with a true three, four, by the time that uh, you have Ikawana uh, ready to plug in there as a nose tackle to two and a half, three years down the line, I think he'll be ready for that. So it definitely paints a, a better picture for the future than what I was, um, what I was fumbling with through my head uh, before national signing day. I think, uh, I think Benny, you could argue is, maybe the second most important commit in this class, Um, not only filling a position of need, but taking him away from Michigan state who had a little bit of momentum with his recruitment. So I think he's, uh, 
you know, like I said, I would argue he's the second most and in, in a normal year without JJ McCarthy, he would be the most important recruit on the board, but uh, yeah, monumental turnaround for Nua to be able to close out on these three guys. And with as much, um, I think deserved criticism <laughs> leading up to this point, I think these three commitments should uh, help fans uh, give him a little bit more wiggle room moving forward, uh, finishing out strong here. Yeah, it really seemed like for a little bit there, there was a lot of uncertainty and question marks surrounding Nua's placement, I guess, in this coaching staff with Don Brown moving on and then bringing in new defensive coordinator, new cornerbacks coach, new safeties coach. You kind of wondered if there was going to be a new defensive line coach there as well because uh, his contract was up and it was kind of up to Mike McDonald to see if, they wanted to keep Sean Nua on staff, which they did, and he was able to close out very strong in this 2021 class. So, yeah, you got to give kudos to him uh, where kudos uh, should be given, and he definitely deserves it in this moment in time. So uh, really good on him and the rest of the defensive coaching staff to uh, finish this out strong. Now, I think me personally, guys, I don't know how you guys feel about the portal moving forward, but with this – incoming class of defensive linemen, I think they kind of have to move on to some other positions at this point. They've already got a ton of guys on D line in this 2021 freshman incoming class. They got to go after some cornerbacks. In my opinion, uh, Jay McBurrows, he may be a nice player, but he's just one guy. You got to go get more. They've got to got, get guys in the secondary. And I think that's kind of where they should shift gears uh, looking forward to uh, bringing in some guys in the portal, obviously, there are a couple names that we've talked about that have stuck out with Mohamed Diallo in the defensive line, but there hasn't been much talk of him at all. So at this point, I don't know if they're going to be able to go get him. Owen Carney was still a guy that they were uh, uh, reportedly interested in, but I, I think they're kind of just going to have to play the waiting game when it comes to building up their repertoire of guys that they want to reach out to uh, in the portal uh, when it comes to cornerbacks. I, I think they're kind of set at safety at this point. I think they should just focus on cornerback recruiting uh, in the portal. And I, I think at this point, you kind of just got to wait on a few more guys to uh, uh, peep their head into the portal and, uh, and and probably go after some of those guys. John, I want to get your, your initial thoughts on that. Yeah, I think uh, they're probably just good waiting until spring football starts for a lot of programs, um, which I think it's even moved up a little bit for Michigan here. You know, guys are going to get past on the depth chart or, uh, you know, find the depth chart crowded for them. So I think that um, there'll be probably, you know, another boost of entries into the transfer portal after that, you know, spring going into summer, and maybe then they can kind of scoop up some guys, reevaluate, um, you know, teams are now hiring separate people in their departments to, you know, scout other teams and look for guys who could potentially join the roster because they don't think that they're, going to stick it out with the current program they're at so you know you got to do a little bit of uh foreshadowing like looking forward towards the future and uh hoping that these guys enter the portal and maybe you know start contact as soon as you can so i think uh they should really do their research here uh coming up and and see who they can nab steven i want to get your thoughts on that especially considering what you just said with your concerns are a little bit eased for the future but the the short term here is still a little concerning for you. Do you think they should 
move on to just strictly recruiting cornerbacks or maybe some other positions? Obviously, they'll probably go after a guy like, like Lance Dixon, a linebacker from Penn State who has the ties to Michigan, is from Michigan, and Ron Bellamy is obviously now on staff. But uh, outside of him, I, I think they should probably focus on cornerbacks. So with, with your concerns still for the – short term at defensive line, do you think they should still go after a guy like Diallo or somebody else? Or do you think they should hone in on secondary? Yeah, it, it's interesting. I think linebacker remains a position where your Michigan needs some depth. So overall, I think linebacker is probably the, and I would say behind defensive tackle uh, would be linebacker. And then I don't know, man, I'm still, I still think that secondary has some guys that are left to be, unturned i think andre selden was out uh quite a bit with uh with covid and uh, and i think maybe another injury but mainly covid for uh for this past season so i'm still really high on him i think Jamin green is going to have a breakout year this upcoming year we haven't seen uh green warren yet i think there's still a lot of guys in the secondary now i still think michigan could bring in a cornerback uh to help sure up that position but honestly, I think the, the young talent, I think there's a fair number of guys I would expect uh, to, to break out next year. And I'm not as concerned with the secondary overall. And then you add in Brad Hawkins coming back. You add in uh, Daxton Hill. I, I just think, and you have guys still like RJ Moten, the, the younger safeties there, Will Mohan. I think you have enough secondary guys um, to assuage my, uh, that's my word of the day, apparently. I don't know what I read <laughs> But uh, I, I think that's that's the uh, yeah, I, I think the secondary will be OK. I think it's going to be like surprisingly OK for next year. So I'd like them to okay. get at least one defensive lineman, specifically interior, and then maybe look for a linebacker as well. And that'd be my focus. Fair enough. Fair enough, man. I, I, mean, I can't I can't fault you for that. I think linebacker is certainly a position that, you know, if they get a guy like Lance Dixon, that would help out greatly, because if you're going to have four linebackers on the field more often than not, you're going to need a lot more bodies in the room. And I mean, they've got some guys, don't get me wrong. I, I like Mullins as a player. I think he didn't get enough run last season. Like he should have, I think he should have been on the field more often than, uh, you know, the walk-ons that they were playing. But I, I think they've got some guys back there that could do well. We just haven't seen them kind of like the cornerbacks that you've referred to. Uh, Selden being a guy that I'm particularly intrigued by. I think he's got some very nice potential in the nickel, but outside of that, um, what, what I saw out of Jalen Perry, I didn't really like all that much. DJ Turner got some run, but he didn't play all that well. So is it the guys uh, in the room or is it the fact that there wasn't any pressure being put on the quarterbacks and they had all day to throw or is it both? Who knows? I mean, it could have just been an entire defensive scheme issue, which I'd say most people would probably lean towards that at this time, but just issues all around the defense. So uh, we'll certainly just have to wait and see how that all plays out with the portal. Uh, it's ever growing at this point in the college football landscape. So uh, we'll definitely talk about all of those guys that hit the portal that Michigan is reported to be intrigued in when, and if that happens this off season, but uh, John, did you have any other final thoughts before we move on here? No, I think I'm good. Okay. Well, let's just talk real quick about our new sponsor and uh, we'll, we'll move on to the 22 commits. 
uh, from this past week. But first, let's just talk about Homefield, which is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis right here in the Midwest. And not only is their stuff comfy, but it is officially licensed gear. So they really do not screw around when it comes to their designs. The team over there studies every school's history, traditions and legacies to create those thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And Homefield has some really amazing original Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else from t-shirts to crew necks. They really do have everything you need to stay cozy this winter season and it is getting cold. So if you're looking for some vintage apparel and need a new sweatshirt or a hoodie, uh, then look no further than Homefield. Then use that promo code that we've been blasting at you guys over the last couple months, and that's MNB, as in Maize and Brew, to get 20% off the entire first order right there. So, again, MNB at checkout, you'll get 20% off that first order. So go over to homefieldapparel.com, start shopping today, because it ain't going to get any warmer out there anytime soon. So if you need some crewnecks or sweaters, hoodies, go get it at homefieldapparel.com. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to close the show today talking about a couple commitments that the Wolverines picked up in the 22 class uh, this past Friday and kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't really anticipate these two guys committing. I spoke with both of them and there are stories up on maizeandbrew.com from when they initially got that offer. Uh, from Michigan's new defensive coaching staff. I didn't anticipate these guys to commit as fast as they did, uh, but here we are. That's just how recruiting goes sometimes. So both these guys uh, being out uh, from ten the state of Tennessee and both of them being in the defensive backfield. So let's talk about these guys. Taylor Groves, he was the first one to drop here. Uh, four-star defensive backs listed as a safety, and that's where he was being recruited at to play uh, for Michigan. 6'2", buck seventy-five. He's from Cross Plains, Tennessee. He had some other good offers here from LSU, Notre Dame, Penn State, Michigan State, Ole Miss, and uh, several others there. And the second commitment here was from Cody Jones, who is from Germantown, Tennessee. A four-star athlete is what... 24-7 has him listed at, but he is being recruited by the Wolverines to play cornerback. Uh, so his other offers range from Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Oregon, Auburn, ton of other pretty good programs there. Um, so, Stephen, I'll start with you, man. Uh, Michigan, it's it seems like Tennessee is becoming uh, the new Massachusetts here, and I'm all for it. There's a ton of talent in the state of Tennessee and obviously Don Brown, he loved his uh, Northeast guys uh, as much as, uh, well, Don Brown, I guess, and not many other people did. But with Tennessee uh, having the talent that they did uh, in this recruiting class and so many others, uh, do you expect Tennessee to kind of become uh, the new Massachusetts here for Michigan on the trail? Yeah, we'll see. I think it's too early to tell just because I think this lines up really well with the um, – let's let's say not so great scenario that uh that the the volunteers find themselves in down there in Tennessee so i think i think you're going to see more you're you're going to see you're going to see the staff not afraid to dip their toes into sec country that's where you have mo linguist uh, a, a lot of his roots are there um he has a lot of texas roots as well so 
I don't think it's any coincidence with what we see at Tennessee, as you mentioned, and these offers. Um, I am surprised like you were about the quick commitments, but uh, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be something that if Michigan can establish a pipeline there, I mean, you have junior Colson. Um, I know there's, uh, there's some teammates of, I believe it was teammates of Cody Jones, um, that Michigan's interested in. I believe it's the, like the number two defensive tackle or the number two overall recruit in the, uh, 23 class, I believe I'd have to double check that, but it's um, 22. It's uh, Walter Nolan is the guy you're referring to there. Uh, number two overall player. Yeah. Yeah, he's huge too. So, <laughs> so having an inroads there um, doesn't hurt at all. So I think it's something that Michigan will uh, look to continue and probably expand beyond just Tennessee. But I think Tennessee provides a really great state with the uh, the the in-state recruiting uh, an uphill battle for Tennessee. It's a great opportunity for Michigan to get their inroads in SEC country uh, right away. Agreed, and especially with like you'd kind of mentioned with Tennessee, the the school um, not really doing so well uh, with everything that they've got going on. You may as well go into uh, the heart of the country, uh, if you will, and just go and get those guys. They're in it for Walter Nolan, like you had mentioned, five-star D-tackle, number two overall player in the class. And yeah, he is uh, pretty close with Cody Jones. They're not teammates, but they are reportedly pretty close to each other. Uh a friendship wise. So they, they know who they are. He's aware that he, uh, Cody Jones is committed to Michigan and another player who a uh, former player for uh, a junior Colson's high school or a former uh, teammate of junior Colson, I should say my miles Pollard, uh, the three-star, a cornerback there uh, who Michigan is going after. Um, I, there's just tons of potential there for Michigan to pick up a lot of guys in the state of Tennessee, John, I'll, I'll turn it back to you. Uh, in, in regards to Groves and Jones in general, what do you like about these pickups for Michigan here? And where do you think they fit best in the defense? Yeah, I think I'm going to get these two confused a lot just because of uh, how they committed so closely. And they're both kind of, you know, athletes that could be on either side of the ball. Uh, Groves is 6'2", 175. He's a little bit taller than Jones. And he, uh, he's more of the pure wide receiver guy in offense and more of a ticketed for safety on defense just because he's lanky and got that uh those long arms that can help him uh with his range um and i think jones is uh pretty electric he's he's shorter um but he's you know got that shiftiness and uh you know agility that uh helps a lot i think that he can stick at corner um i think he has the the requisite you know size and uh agility to to knack it knock it out uh on the outside there but uh nickel corner could also be uh an option maybe that hybrid safety nickel cornerback linebacker uh position and but i i really like his film on offense too i think he could he looks a lot like a giles jackson or uh aj henning who is he kind of in between that running back wide receiver uh position there uh he's really shifty and hard to bring down so i think even if michigan ends up with a really good class at cornerback if they land guys like Pollard and Will Johnson and Jaden Gould then uh, I think Jones could also have a spot on the offense if he wanted yeah I like the stuff that he's shown on offense too I think he could be a pretty good uh, do-it-all kind of guy obviously not going to be like the level of a Jabril Peppers but kind of do what Jabril 
did at Michigan, be a return guy, do some stuff on offense, do some stuff on defense. I think he could kind of be one of those Swiss army knife kind of players for Michigan Groves. In my opinion, I, I think he could play well at either corner or safety. I they're recruiting him to play safety right now, but if things go wrong with some of the cornerbacks that they're going after that you mentioned, and I'll, I'll add Domani Jackson onto that just because they're not going to stop recruiting him. But if something goes wrong with those guys, I, I think it is possible that you could see Groves maybe shift to cornerback. I, I know you got Jones there who they're recruiting to play cornerback as well. Uh, but it, it's, I feel like that could be like a, a break glass in case of an emergency kind of thing um, for, for that. But uh, two solid players for sure. And uh, two very quick additions to the 22 class. I mean, Mo Linguist just knocked it out of the park with these guys getting them on board so quick. They offered them probably like a week and a half or two weeks ago. And all of a sudden uh, Groves ends up uh, launching his commitment video Friday morning. And Jones ends up posting his like, a half hour later or something like that. It was really quick. And uh, <laughs> we, we were, we were trying to, uh, to get all these uh, commitment posts up. And it was just like, it seemed like one after another, John, it was like, it was crazy, yeah, it was but uh, it, yeah, no kidding. I was like, I, I, I got to give John some kudos, man. He, he stepped up to the plate with, with all that going on. So, uh, so that, that was some solid work there, but uh, Steve, Steven, I guess I'll just turn it back over to you just in regards to the potential that these two guys have on defense. And do you like the, the, uh, uh, the tape that Jones has on offense as well? What are your thoughts on these two guys? Yeah, Groves, I think the thing that stands out to me most about his film is him uh, coming down on run support on end arounds or outside runs. He's very decisive coming down in run support. And uh, I think I've seen comparisons of Brad Hawkins. Brad Hawkins was a bit more filled out by the time he got to Michigan. He also had the prep year. So that also contributed there, but uh, you will want to see Groves get closer to like 200 pounds or so. Um, He's 175 right now. So he still has some, some filling out to do, but his instincts coming down in run support uh, is really what um, is like the eyebrow razor from his uh, highlights for me. Um, and his ability to high point the ball, I think will remind people of, of Brad Hawkins, who obviously had a lot of um, eye popping wide receiver potential as well. So I think Taylor Groves has, has a higher ceiling just because of a little bit extra length and a seemingly higher speed, uh, high end speed there compared to Hawkins. Um, but I, I think he would be someone with that I see a little bit easier to shift over to wide receiver if the safety position doesn't work out for him. Um, I like his film at wide receiver quite a bit as well as punt return. So um, yeah, I'm excited about him for, for Cody Jones. He's a guy I uh, for his like eye opening <laughs> highlights for me, there was one where he was like in a uh, backwards run. He had his hips flipped to the right. And then there was a pass underneath where he completely flipped his hips to the left and broke on the pass really quick and delivered a really really nice hit and broke up the pass. And that was something where I'm like, okay, this is, this is his position. So like, I, I don't think I, even though I agree with John that his offensive film, especially at running back position for me, I think he could do that very well at a power five level, uh, that ability to flip your hips at, you know, just a hair under six foot, uh, with that speed, he's able to get to his top speed really quickly. So that hip flexibility with the acceleration, to his top speed, which I would estimate in the like 
high four fours or so um, that's hard to come by. And I think that's something that's extremely coveted in, in football today and something that he'll fit in really well. And then one additional note about Cody Jones, because he's an athlete and has that versatility, I think it, it'll be good for Michigan to be able to still pull in a Will Johnson, Damani Jackson without the room looking a little bit too crowded, because when you bring in an athlete, you, you gain more versatility as a program with those offers saying that like, Oh, you know, it won't be a crowded room because we have a lot of flexibility with the guys we're bringing in. And I think Cody Jones does offer that despite, you know, right now looking like cornerback, will it be his position? I think it's smart of Michigan to go after a guy like that because they do have some other really high, um, high guys on their board for cornerback that having a guy like Jones, if you, somehow can bring in Will Johnson and Damani Jackson. There are other places where Jones can certainly make an impact, whether it's like more of a nickel corner or even on offense kind of as that like running back um, hybrid role that John was mentioning. Yeah. I think it is a, a, a cause for celebration to get guys like that in. I mean, if, if you're getting just straight up athletes that can contribute at a high level at several facets of the game, that's a win for the program. And I would consider that, Uh, a big win for Michigan football for the 22 class, which is now the number eight overall class uh, on the 24 seven sports composite. So they're, they're starting to build this class up here. They've got a few four stars. They've got a few uh, three stars here, and uh, they're going to be looking to add uh, several five stars as well. So uh, it's shaping up to be a pretty decent class. We'll see if uh, linguist can, can uh, work the magic uh, a little more and get some more guys from that state of Tennessee, I, I, I think that uh, it, it's a strong possibility that they're going to at least be in the running for a guy like Walter Nolan and uh, Miles Pollard moving forward. And uh, it, it's just it's exciting to be able to talk about stuff like this because there is so much bleakness for uh, recruiting for a little while. John and I had a, a small conversation about that. And it, it's just nice to be able to talk about stuff like that, isn't it, John? Yeah, it's it's exciting. You see. The, the staff not afraid to, to take big swings at prospects, you know, like Walter Nolan. Um, you know, Sean New is kind of playing with house money this cycle because he's already got two defensive tackles in the 22 class plus landing the three the year before. I think he can uh, spend a lot of time going after these big fish. Um, so I think it's going to be uh, certainly a fun cycle for sure. You know, Mo Linguist, you know, also doesn't care – where the players ranked, he's not afraid to go after and get them no matter where they are. So mm-hmm. I think it's that this, this uh, new attitude is definitely going to be uh, fun to, to cover for sure. It's exciting. It is very exciting to say the least. And I'm, I'm definitely pumped to be able to talk more about it with you guys and be able to share it with, with the listeners and, and our readers on maze So I look forward to doing more with that, but uh believe that is all the time we got for today gentlemen unless steven you had any other final thoughts you wanted to get out there nope no i'm good excellent well in that case i appreciate you guys joining as always uh for listening and tuning in to future brew we greatly appreciate it you can follow me on twitter at vaughn underscore lozon john where are you at my friend at simmons underscore john and steven where are you at buddy at steven toski Follow Maze and Brew on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. We're probably there. Uh, follow Steven's work on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, building up a good community over there. 
And Steven's always uh, willing to drop videos at any given moment, even if basketball and football aren't going on. So I'm sure he's got some good stuff uh, in the works there as well. And be sure to uh, subscribe, rate all of our podcasts here on the Maze Brew Podcast Network. We would greatly appreciate it. So for John and Steven, I'm Vaughn. We'll talk to you guys next week. Go Blue.